Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 13, Iris. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and the lilting voices of the dead singing midnight songs with throats choked full of worm-ridden grave soil. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe, as Roy. I feel like we haven't exclusively disclosed the fact that the Red Sox won, but they did. Matt, as Rocky. And that's why I have a strong distaste for modern art, or non-modern art, just art in general. I just, I just don't like it. And Brian as Pippa. I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but I'm not wearing socks. Welcome back, everybody. How, is, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, I am appropriately whelmed. I'm alive. For now. I had a lovely uh, tofu cat soup for dinner. Cat soup? You had cat soup? Dude, that's gross. It was delicious. <coughs> Oh, sorry. Hairball. Well, listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And we do have one fresh letter from Ineptus Astartes on Discord who asks, was there any specific meaning behind the three deaths or how they were committed in case eight? Also, what were the individual handouts you gave to each of the players after the dream sequences? So, you know, this is basically a question for me. Uh, Was there a specific meaning behind the three deaths that were committed in case eight? My whole intent was to give these guys a murder mystery to solve. What what are the connections between these three? And they weren't. There weren't any connections. Then eventually they'd come to find out that Dagon was the underlying cause for all of this. So that is the reason or the specific meaning behind the deaths. The handouts I gave to them were basically after Roy went nutso and shot up the bar, shot the bartender's phone out of his hand. We, we kind of didn't need to, to figure out a way to get back to square one. And everybody was like hurt or in other places. And so I gave Matt and Brian some direction. Like, here's what happened when you guys were unconscious or out of commission while Roy was shooting up the place. And so when, when they all reconvened at the bar the next day, It was a way for them to divulge different pieces of information that might be useful. But uh, thank you, Ineptus Astartes, for asking that question. Roll for thinking. A gentle reminder that if you would like to chat with us in real time, join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com today, and Gabe will totally help you move a body if you run over someone on a dusty road at 1 a.m. on your way to a cult meeting no questions asked. I might ask questions like, what car are we going to move it in? And Can we get McDonald's after? All right. Well, this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Are you in the mood for authentic Texas barbecue right here in New York City? Well, partner, you're in luck. 
hitch up your britches, saddle up your horse, and get your butt down to the okie dokie corral in Times Square. Chef Sawyer has been busy preparing all your favorite dishes. Homany grits, we got them. Collard greens, yep. Baked beans, you bet your sweet, tender buttocks. Heck, we got every traditional side you can think of. What's more, Chef Sawyer spends his day and nights stacking the best slabs of quality meat inside the smokehouse to create more mouth-watering mountains of flesh. Ooh, we good. We're also proud to give back to the community with our special program for Hungry Homeless Situation. How, you may ask? After closing time, we open the back alley door and hand out any leftovers from the kitchen. Those poor wretches line up around the block just for a chance to taste whatever hunk old smoky meat Chef will hack off for them with his big old cleaver. Some say that humble morsel's even enough to set them straight because each week the line seems to get shorter and shorter. Helping out the less fortunate is enough to tug on your heartstrings and tantalize your taste buds. You getting hungry yet? Swing by the okie dokie corral tonight and maybe, just maybe, Chef Sawyer will rev up his chainsaw and cut you off a slice. Oh, that was good. Sponsor us, Toro. Well, perhaps one day we'll all look back at this product enter service with nostalgic fondness. I'll say, hey, Brian, you remember that product enter service? And he'll shake his head in confusion. Then I'll ask, hey, Matt, do you remember that product enter service? And he'll just look at me with his mouth hanging open. Finally, I'll intone in a real creepy voice. Hey, Gabe, do you remember that product enter service? And he'll finally be the one to turn tail and run, the other two close behind him, because I've been dead for years, and I don't look so well. Dressed in that stupid suit they made me wear when they buried me, now all moldy and holes eaten in the fabric so the white of the bone shows through. That's what they get for buying cheap polyester and even cheaper casket. But we cremated you. <laughs> no, you cremored me. That's way different, buddy. I cream of corned you. Sponsored by Campbell's. Before we venture forward, let us briefly discuss and review your Diary of the Dead. Turn your attention to Roll20. I have pulled up your Diary of the Dead for Case 13, and I would like to hear your thoughts on the objectives and questions that need answers and clues, and anything that you may have picked up last time. We helped an old lady outside. Her dog got taken, and the description was of a tall, gray, dog-like creature. The dog man of Michigan. He's just visiting New York. Who was the old lady? Yes, her name was McGee, I believe, sir. I don't believe you. I think we would remember something like that. She's the old lady that lost her dog to the big gray dog. But now, dear investigators, we play Case 13. Tape 5, Branching Out. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Twilight arrives in the Big Apple. 
as our inglorious investigators settle into their surroundings only to discover they may have brought Arkham's weirdness with them. Pippa attempts to comfort a lady looking for her lost dog, but her maternal instincts must be on the fritz. Meanwhile, Rocky and Roy go in search of the wayward canine, only to discover troubling splotches of red sauce in the alleyway. No one likes to do detective work on an empty stomach, so the three seek out sustenance, followed by too much adult beveraging, followed by a late-night foray to the second floor, where a strange art gallery awaits. Will Roy pick more fights with professional sports mascots? Will Rocky ever reveal what really happened in Bogota, Colombia, even though he never talks about Bogota, Colombia? Will Pippa continue to exit stage left even, just when things are about to get interesting? The lights dim, the crowds murmur, the curtain goes up. Roy, behind you, Rocky gives a belabored groan as he sits on the stone bench and rubs his face as if trying to scrub away a bad memory. You ignore your brother, instead carefully studying one of the paintings hanging on the wall in room 217. You can hardly believe your eyes. It's Charles Blaine, all right, but he's depicted as white-haired and thin, decades older than what he should be today if he were still alive. He's dressed in a fedora and trench coat like some kind of aged detective in a black-and-white movie from the 50s, staring out at you with his back to a dark tunnel. There's an expression of mild surprise on his face, and you get the impression from his posture that he's in the process of turning, as if he'd just heard something emanating from that benighted archway. You shiver slightly, shaking off an eerie feeling. As you do so, you catch something odd about the way the artist painted the eyes. You lean in closer to discover... Two tiny designs cleverly hidden with expert brushstrokes inside Charles's iris. The letters M and O. Alright, I'm going to cut out this painting and take it. Rocky, do you have a knife? <laughs> but do I have... Um, I mean, I always carry a multi-tool on me that has a blade on it. Why? I'm taking this painting. Let me see it. I mean, you could just try and lift the frame off the walls. I could. Then I can't fold it up and keep it easily. Easily? I'm going to reach into my pocket and pull out my uh, Swiss Army knife that I have on me at all times. Don't hurt yourself. It's sharp and pointy. All right, and I'll grab it, hand slamming into the blade first. So I'm not all that concerned with the border, so I'm not going to be as precise as I need to be, but I'm just basically going to cut around the frame and take the painting out. Go ahead and give me a dexterity roll and just don't fumble it. Can't tell me what I can't do. You have to tell me what I need to do. I got a hard success. I need an 80. I got a 19. You expertly go around the edges. You almost feel as though you're using the same skill that you used when you put that screen door rubber seal around the edges of the artifacts case to stop the uh the countdown back at Blaine Manor. As long as no one, you know, shut the door or open the door real quickly then. You do notice that there appears to be a word sort of written vertically on the back side of the edge of the frame on just where the canvas was affixed to the back of the frame. And the word is Zepter. Z-E-P-T-E-R. 
Hey, Rocky. Yes? Does Zepter mean anything to you? Not yet. I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to immediately go to the Googs, and we're going to type in Zepter and see if anything pulls up. Go ahead and give me a library use. Uh, I needed an 80. I rolled a 26. That's a hard success. Rocky is shaking the cobwebs away, averting his eyes from the paintings, somewhat grateful to be concentrating on something else, and types in the word Zepter, and of course, Google detects his location uh, here in New York City, and immediately pulls up Zepter Museum of Art located in Soho. Well, uh, for your information, Roy Zepter appears to be a local art gallery. All right, well, they're the ones who framed this photo of Chucky and Odebrati and all the good stuff, so something to check out, I guess. I'm taking this painting so we cannot have to sit in this abandoned hall or floor too much longer. And as soon as you say that, you hear the hum of the elevator out in the hall. Humana, 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 it sounds humana. like someone's descending. Shit. I think it's time to get out of here, Rock. Yes, probably. Hopefully we can uh, make it back to the stairs before the elevator opens. And I'll just pretend I'm blind. This isn't the bathroom. Gosh darn it. It usually works. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make a, a run for the stairs. I'm just gonna close the door behind me so that it doesn't look like we opened the door. We're going up because our room is on the sixth floor. So you, you guys both hustle, closing the door to room 217 behind you. You can see the lights from the elevator go ding, ding, ding. And it's on uh, floor three right now, heading down. And you open the stairwell door just as the doors open to the elevator. And you see behind you, the doors open and light spray out. And you're in the stairwell running up. And you get back to your room. I'm going to bed. It sounds like a good idea to me. Nice. Who's got the painting? I do. It's mine. Roy heads into his bedroom uh, where you can already hear Bugsy snoring up a storm. And uh, Rocky, you go to your room. Turn on Sports Center and drift away. Turning all the lights on, and then I'm going to go to bed. Keep those shadows at bay because you never know what's hiding in the corner. I need a constitution roll from each of you. Not the constipation roll like last time. Who failed worse? He failed worse. Uh, so Roy, immediately as soon as you get back and you hear the soft susurration of Bugsy snoring away like a little puppy, what do you do with the painting? Put it under my mattress. Lay back, pop on Sports Center, and unfortunately there are some highlights from a game earlier in the day which you don't really care to see. So you flip around a bit and you find some classic Sports Center. Oh, four, baby. And you, you fall asleep almost immediately, aided by the food and the drink and the excitement of the day. Rocky, you try to go to sleep, but all the lights are on and you're tossing and turning. And at some point you're like, I just need a few hours of sleep. And trepidatiously, you throw the switch to turn off all the lights. You crawl into bed and it seems as though you're asleep for maybe two minutes and you hear something wake you up. You're not even sure what it is. You bolt upright in bed. You look at the alarm clock and it says it's 4 a.m. So you've actually been asleep for about three hours. Your heart is beating so thunderously in your chest. You feel as though there's a presence in the room. Santa? All of your senses attune and become highly alert. 
and you hear rain pattering at the window and a low rumble of thunder outside. And you breathe a sigh of relief because you realize it was something like that that woke you up. And you go to the window to see what New York looks like. And you realize that the hotel actually on the sixth floor has a pretty decent view if you look straight up of the Empire State Building. It's only a few blocks away. And a purple lightning bolt jumps from the sky and hits the tip of the Empire State Building, sparking and undulating unnaturally from the clouds above, and then immediately disappears. You wait for what seems like five minutes, and there is never any thunder. Pippa. Pre-dawn dimness tickles your closed eyelids. You lick your dry lips, tasting something sour. Swallowing, you detect rank alcohol residue with just a hint of bile. Oh God, what a night. First, all those small plates at the tapas restaurant with wine, then cocktails at the piano bar. Afterward, you and the boys broke into room 217 where that music... That music? What did it remind you of? Oh, yeah. Fantasia. Your dad took you to go see that Disney movie when you were little. It scared you. Especially the part where Mickey Mouse is the sorcerer's apprentice, and he doesn't know how to use magic, so things get really out of hand. You pull the covers up, frowning. Why does that particular scenario seem so familiar? Hurts to think right now. Must get more sleep. You feel yourself begin to sink back towards slumber when you hear a voice call from the next room. Hello, sleepyhead. I can hear you, my little chestnitsa. How do you take a coffee? Your eyes snap open. Fully awake now, you realize this isn't your hotel room, and this certainly isn't your bed. Oh, boy. And that, kids, is how I met your mother. I'm going to be as absolutely quiet as I possibly can as I frantically get out of the bed and gather up my things. Uh, First, I'm going to take a millisecond to assess my situation. I have my shirt is still on. My underwear are on. I have one sock on. And I can't find one of my shoes. So I'm frantically looking under the bed. I've got everything else. I, as fast as I can, put my pants back on, tripping and falling back onto the bed, bouncing right back straight up, looking everywhere for this other shoe. I'm about to give up on it because I need to get the hell out of here. Do you find the shoe? I'm very curious. I can't find my shoe. I don't care. At this point, I have everything I need. My pants are on. I notice that there's a mirror over over a dresser, so I kind of fix my hair a little bit, kind of straighten up, and I walk to the door, and I put my ear to see if I can hear if there's anybody outside the door. Sounds like a listen. Okay, so I needed a 40. I rolled a 50. That is a fail. You hear what sounds like a washing machine. Thump, 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 I'm going to reach for the doorknob and slowly turn it, hoping it doesn't make a click. Please don't make a click. Click. There's a click, but it was subtle. It was subtle, right? I barely heard it, so nobody could hear that. You just hear Roy from the sixth floor screaming through the vents. Click. Open the door just a sliver and peek. 
to see if I see anything. Absolutely, you do. Uh, you you see what is clearly a small apartment. It's it's sort of an all in one type situation where it's a living room with a kitchenette. It's very bright out there. There's sun shining through one of the windows. You can hear and see Tomislav, who is clearly cooking some breakfast. It looks like. Go ahead and give me a spot hit. Uh, I needed a thirty five. I rolled a thirty seven. I would like to spend the luck. You peek around through that slit in the door, your hand's kind of shaking a little bit because you realize you're in a situation that you did not expect. You're not quite certain what is going on at this point. However, you do see your shoe out there. It's sitting by the couch. You also see the coffee table next to the couch has a cribbage board set up on it. And you dimly recall playing cribbage. You hadn't played in a very long time. It was something that your grandmother actually taught you. Yeah, because that memory came back. I'm like, okay, it's maybe not as bad as I thought it was. Tomislav, with still his back turned to you at the kitchenette, clearly cooking something, just calls out, do you take cream or sugar? I'm going to stand up straight, relook in the mirror, kind of collect myself a little bit more, take the one shoe off that I had put on, so it's in my hand, and I'm going to slowly open the door and walk towards my other shoe and announce myself by a big good morning. Oh, there she is. Uh, okay. So I don't know. I, I usually do like scrambled eggs. I hope you like them. I like them a little soft with some salt and pepper and uh, no cheese and nothing. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I think that'll be fine if I can keep them down. This will help you keep everything down. Trust me, I'm old pro. You're a GoPro? <laughs> How do you like coffee? I suggest black. You know, sometimes the cream she curdles, comes right back up. Hey, you look good this morning. You don't look like, well, you know, we had, we had a lot to drink last night. What can I say? Well, I wanted to thank you for letting me stay here last night. I mean, you were going nowhere. I, it's not like you're going up the stairs or anything. And I, you know, we will have a good time. I remember cribbage. You taught me cribbage, and I appreciate the cribbage. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that too. But I, you know, I don't remember a whole lot either. We, I broke out the second mason jar, and you know, <laughs> things got kind of, you know, and there was records and dancing. You lost your shoe. <laughs> it sounds so much fun. It was so good. Oh, you mind if I sit? Oh, no, please sit. I think breakfast is to be ready in a moment. And he goes back to work. I take a seat. And you smell uh, bacon and egg. Grease is good, though. His, his apartment is just basically right behind the uh, the front desk. He prepares breakfast and brings it over. I, I hope this is okay. It's just I haven't got to the market recently. And I, I, I just have a few eggs. They're a little on the old side, but they're, they're fine. But the bacon uh, is so good. It's from up, up, upstate. Is what we like to call thick cut. You try. You need a Bloody Mary or anything? You know, like hair <gasps> of dog? I was going to ask you if you had the ingredients for a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I have it mixed up in the fridge already. I figure, why not? I will save one of these pieces of bacon for my Bloody Mary. And he brings over a uh, Bloody Mary that looks pretty substantial and pretty heavily spiced. I'm going to knock it back, and then I'm going to slowly nibble on the eggs just to make sure that I'm okay. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a constitution roll, but I think you're going to be fine. Oh, that's a failure. Bubble guts. Yeah, you get a little bit of a bubble in your esophagus that you're like, okay, this could go either way. This could be me spewing all over this coffee table and the cribbage board. But you manage to drink a little bit of water, 
And actually, the Bloody Mary does help a bit to settle the stomach. Eventually, over a few minutes' time, the bacon grease helps to coat things, and you're feeling better. In a couple hours' time, you're probably going to have a pretty good headache because you clearly overdid it. And like a blessing, Tomislav says, you don't look so good right now. Let me get you Alka-Seltzer. Oh, yeah. And he runs to the kitchen, whips up an Alka-Seltzer, and brings it back to you. And he's like, you need peace and quiet right now. I just need to run a quick errand, and I'll be right back. You make yourself home. It's fine. I'll be back in like 15 minutes tops, okay? Thank you, Thomas. Do you need anything? No, you've been fantastic. All right. Well, it's the least I could do for Kribbish. We'll have to play again sometime. Yes, I, I would like that very much. And are we still on for tonight? Uh, let me check with the boys, but probably. Yeah, you ch- check with the boys. I have not seen them this morning. I will keep an eye out for them, too. And uh, I'll be right back. You, you please. Okay. Relax. Enjoy. Take your Alka-Seltzer. He departs. Perfect. I changed the locks. He said I could make myself at home. So I'm now a squatter. You are the captain now. I run the hotel now. Hey, welcome. Look at me. I am the manager now. You're feeling better. Uh, you take a couple sips of the Alka-Seltzer, and you can feel your stomach starting to settle. You're feeling better now. I'm going to take all my dishes and rinse them off and clean them and put them on the counter. Cool. You do so. And that, that's when you realize, oh, shit, where's your phone? And I start the frantic search again. <laughs> like for the shoe, but more panicked. That's going to be a bit of a spot hidden, isn't it? Hey, shocker. I need a 35-year-old and 84. Go ahead and give me a listen roll, please. Hey, I need a 40. I rolled a 70. You're frantically looking around for your phone, even listening for it. Like, maybe you'll hear a low battery signal, that sort of thing. Unfortunately, you don't hear anything other than his laundry washing machine going, However, something does catch your eye on the coffee table. There are two tickets on the table next to the cribbage board for the MRGLD exhibit at the Zepter Museum tonight. That's awesome. I totally forgot about that. And then uh, he comes back in. Are you feeling better now? I am. And that wasn't 15 minutes. That was 14 minutes. It was 14 and 30 seconds. I'm very efficient. What can I say? It's, my, it's in my blood. I just wanted to thank you again. I stayed to make sure that you, when you came back, I could thank you again. I'm going to go check on the boys, and then I think I'm good for tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. I would love to do it. So we, we meet here tonight, and uh, where we go. It's New York, so this thing doesn't get started till 9. But maybe you get a little nap or something in, and then we go a little to have a drink or two, and then we head out. Any, any dress code that? you can give me a hint on no it's an art gallery so you know just whatever just throw something on it don't matter i i probably wear like half shirt i like a half shirt but it's made of like beer tab cans it's very shiny i'm gonna wear my lilu outfit i don't know lilu you haven't seen the fifth element i'll have to show that to you oh that was very nice I, that's very pretty i like that one that's good all right so we we meet later okay Sounds good. Thank you again, Thomas. Thank you for last night. It was very fun. And uh, hopefully we can do it again tonight. Is We'll see where she goes. Maybe not with the booze this time. Maybe. It's fun. Whatever you're into is fine. I don't care. You know, maybe we go do some uh, karaoke down in Koreatown. It could be fun too. Karaoke. You like karaoke? And just like 
you know, sing like frogs. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? <laughs> and what's on the other side? As he's singing, I'm backing out slowly. <laughs> and he closes the door without breaking eye contact. <laughs> Pippa heads back up to her room. Get spiffied up. Take a long hot shower till the water starts to go cold a little bit. And you feel your headaches sort of recede a bit. Still feels surreal, though. You get dressed and head over to the guys just as they exit their rooms. Guys, I need to say something. I'm really sorry about last night. I shouldn't have left you guys. We should have stuck together. I had a lot to drink. No excuses. I mean, if you can't hold your liquor, then... Oh, I held it the whole night in my stomach, in my bloodstream. Look, I like booze as much as the next one. As much as the next booze? Yeah. I like booze until I have another booze. Who doesn't? Your liver. Your liver. Yes, well, if we uh, just for a moment step into Roy's room, corral everybody into Roy's room and close the door behind me. And you notice that Bugsy has already left. He's uh, decided to go for a quick walk down to Central Park. You guys scared him off. He tried to wake up Roy, but Roy was <laughs> fast asleep. Hey, Roy. Roy. Hey, I'm gonna... Hey, hey. I'm just gonna hit... Ah, uh, 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 fuck it. So we did make uh, quite the discovery in room 217 last night. Roy, I assume the painting is tucked under your mattress. No. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna lift up the mattress. And the painting's there, of course. Okay, guys. Back up. What happened last night? You got drunk. Yes. You guys did too. No, I didn't. Arroyos don't don't get that sloppy. We're, we're much better at, at dealing with that. Anyway, we made our way into room 217. Um, I remember that much. Oddly enough, in case you forgot, there were a bunch of paintings hanging on the walls. That's right. And then there was a discovery. What was it? Why is it a secret? So we had a, a scrap of paper tucked away with our key that said 76 on it painting number 76 uh well that's this painting here and i I think you should probably have a look and i'm gonna unroll it and put it on the bed and reveal that he accidentally grabbed my hentai oh 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 uh why would they have paintings of that in a hotel what the tent how does that even work Guys, this stop messing with me, okay? I drank too much, and I already apologized, okay? You see this man, Octodad. When a mommy loves an octopus very much. In case you hadn't figured out, this is the Charles Blaine. He's a painting? Well, somebody painted him into this. He's, he's a person. So you'd probably want to phrase your words properly, then. This is a Charles Blaine. It's probably a pretty common name. He's a famous person? I mean, obviously, he had that very large house that no longer is there, and I'll never get my commission off of that. Thanks, Rocky. <sighs> I, I cast a very, very dirty look at Roy. I didn't do it. Sounds like guilt. Anyway, what does this have to do with with the artifact? Yeah, I knew he was going to meet his, what, his daughter in, in New York? Yes, Samantha is... Charles's daughter. Right. So why is he in a painting in the hotel that we're staying in? That's what we're going to figure out. Luckily, we're going to go be art critics today at the Zepter Gallery. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Zepter Gallery? They have a a showing tonight. Tomas is going to take me. Oh, Tomas is going to take you, is he? Oh, I think things all... Uh, heating up, as the kids like to say. Are you sure you want us to tag along on your date? 
I don't know if you have to tag along, but I will be there. So maybe we could meet up there. I think we need to do the trench coat follow along like we did with the sisters. <laughs> you need to do two kids in a trench coat. We can do the trench coat, but this time I'm on top. You were never strong enough to hold me up. You guys want to see if you can scrounge out some tickets? I can ask Tomas. Maybe he has two more. If he can get two more, that's fine. But I'm pretty good at getting tickets. But you guys try to figure out a way in there. I think that would be good. Trust me. I know how to get into places. I'm not going to trust you after you blew up a house. I didn't blow up the house. You'll notice how I was gone. If I park my car and you rear-end it, is it my fault that there was a car accident? Yes. I don't think so. Pretty much because you parked in the middle of the street and slammed your brakes on at 60 miles an hour. So yes, it's your fault. You can't park your car in the middle of I-95. Yeah, but if you have a mile and a half to see my car parked, it's not my fault still. I'm right about this. You are both stupid. Have fun getting thrown out of an art gallery because you're not fancy like I am later. I know how to talk to these people. Is there any other info you guys got from the painting room? No. Or the second floor at all? I mean, was why is it closed? Guy at the front. What was his name? You know him better than I do. Tomas? He said that they were renovating, but from what I saw, it doesn't look like they were doing anything. There were no paint buckets, there were no drop cloths. It looked like it was more abandoned than anything else. But somebody did go in there, so it's not abandoned, abandoned. What do you mean? Well, right when we were leaving, somebody... There was this elevator that I could clearly hear was descending. Quite clearly it was descending. So who was it that came down in the elevator? We didn't see. Didn't bother to stop and check. So it was somebody coming down in the elevator, so it probably wasn't Tomas, because I was probably... It probably wasn't Tomas, because I think he lives on the first floor. It probably wasn't Tomas. So, okay, so we know it was probably was Tomas. Who else would be in this hotel? Well, if you wanted that, you'd have to get at the, uh, the guest logs. I can ask Tomas and see what's going on and who else is in here. Oh, you would want to ask Tomas. Yep, that's why I just said that. Okay, so I've got my list. Can I get two more tickets for tonight? And who else was up late last night who lives up on between four and sixth floor? Anything else? Are you sure that you weren't in his room with him at that time? What are you talking about? You thought it was me in the elevator? No, I'm just saying. Tomas might not have this information. He could have been busy. He might not. I haven't asked him yet. But I could probably get a peek at the books, if you know what I mean. I nod my head towards the hentai. Hork. <laughs> Are you picking up what I'm putting down? We've got the whole day, so maybe we could frolic around New York. But here there's some lovely shows playing on Broadway. We should see if we can get a ticket. To a matinee. I'm a man who knows how to get a ticket. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to rush out of the room and go down and see if I can catch Tomas. Hey, Roy, I'm going to go check out the breakfast they have. You want you to come along? Yeah. <laughs> so the continental breakfast is kind of what you expect. It's very threadbare, hard-boiled eggs that are wrapped up in plastic. It's not great. I get my sustenance on. You know, at least you're full. Pippa, you try to powwow with Tomislav, but he appears to be quite busy on the phone. He keeps trying to give you signals like, just a minute, just a minute, but keeps talking on the phone and then shrugging. And then he'll hang up and say, Yes, what can I do for you? And then the, the phone will ring again, and he's just unavailable. Okay, the next time he hangs up, right in between calls, I go, I'll just talk to you later. Uh, it's good. It's good. I, I'm sorry. I'll be. 
we'll we'll see each other tonight, okay? So I'm going to go let the boys know. Yeah, they're just actually finishing up, and uh, they both look a little uh, green under the gills. I have gills now? You kind of get the impression that maybe uh, you, you got lucky with your decent breakfasts. I got lucky. You were up all night to get lucky. Guys, he's super busy. Maybe we can touch base, like, after lunch or something. He sounds like a bad boyfriend. You can always try just calling and seeing if they have any more tickets for sale. I already have tickets, so have at it, folks. You don't even know what you're going to be doing. Oh, uh, one other thing. I never found my cell phone. Do you guys, have you seen it? No. Well, you already have tickets, so does it really matter? Yeah. Do you guys remember if I had it on the second floor? I don't remember, no. Who am I, your phone babysitter? I don't remember anything. But here's the reason. I know you guys are extremely smart investigators, but if I drop my phone on the second floor and someone found it, like the person in the elevator that you were worried about, they might lead it right to us. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not an investigator. Then maybe get walking to the second floor. Maybe you were just drunk and dropped your phone in the elevator. There's nothing suspicious about that. I didn't say the elevator, Rocky. I said the second floor. Then you better head up there. I'll just meet you later and I'll go see if I can find my phone. So Pippa heads towards the elevator, presumably to look for her phone. I gotta go get tickets now. So I'm gonna go into the art gallery. Trail Peppa to the uh, elevator, but I'm gonna take the stairs down to the basement and see what's going on down there. I see him walking towards me as I'm just in the elevator, so I hold the door as he walks past me to the stairs. I pull my hand back in and let the door shut. I don't get it. Pippa, you take the elevator from the first floor up to the second floor, and it dings... And the door opens up, and you see what looks like police tape closing the elevator entrance. It's not anything that would prohibit you from actually going into the hallway, but somebody has put this up to uh, deter people. My brain immediately goes to last night. Whoever was coming down in the elevator probably put this up. So I'm going to kind of sneak under it and the best I can look at the floor. It's pretty dark still. There's actually no light other than what's coming from the elevator carriage. Scan the floor, looking up as I go past the door to make sure I'm not going past 217, see if I can find my phone. You go down just a couple doors and you see 217. I'm going to pop the door open real quick and just take a quick peek in to see if it's maybe just in the entryway of the room so you reach down and test the doorknob expecting it to be locked but the door handle turns easily you're not sure why this particular door would be unlocked except maybe one of the guys forgot to lock it and it opens with a creak and you hear the dim sound of that music that fantasia music schubert's ave maria playing dimly in the interior. And you see a light towards the end of that short entry hallway, clearly around the corner where the gallery was. And there's a bit of a flicker, an electrical anomaly. And then it goes dark and goes light again. Dark, light, flickering. You move forward, looking down on the ground to see if your phone is there somewhere. It goes dark again and stays dark. 
you begin to back away because it's getting a little creepy. The music continues to play. And then the lights go back on and you feel this rush of relief. Except now, looking at the end of the hallway, you can clearly see a humanoid shadow, bent, gangly arms stretched. Rocky. A short flight of steps leads down to what has to be the world's most depressing laundry room. Two coin-operated front-loading commercial washers and two similar model dryers are set against the left wall, looking every minute of their 30-plus years of operation. You're pretty sure if you did put laundry in those machines, they'd probably come out dirtier than when they went in. At the far end of the room is a surly-looking change machine, a soap dispenser, and two rickety plastic chairs. A large drain hole in the center of the cracked concrete floors appears as though it's seen its fair share of floods. Well, this place is rather depressing. Scan the, the perimeter of the room, see if there's anything out of place, anything that stands out. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Uh, I needed a 62. I rolled a 25. That's a hard success. So you're looking around and you're struck by how dimly lit this place is. This is clearly not a top tier hotel. You know, number one, it requires you to do your own laundry. Or maybe it is Maria, whose placard appeared in your room, who must have to go down here to do other people's laundry, which is even more depressing. However, uh, you do notice that behind one of the dryers, there does appear to be a patch of wall that has been freshly repaired. Well, well, what do we have here? It's a patch of wall that has been freshly repaired. Give it a quick knock on the wall to see if I can tell if... Maybe there's something behind it they're trying to cover up. So you wedge yourself in behind the dryer. It's about a four by three section of wall, freshly repaired maybe within the last few months. It only struck you because it's slightly paler than the rest of the wall. And you knock, and you quite clearly hear a hollow sound behind it. Roy, you head on down to Zepter Museum. This nondescript two-story building at 107 Sullivan Street is unadorned by any signage that might identify it as an art gallery or museum, except a single letter Z etched into the single full-length glass entry door. There is a panel mounted just outside with a buzzer and intercom. I'll buzz. There's a moment of silence. You can hear the city... People laughing, kids screaming, and then a voice calls through. Yes, how may I help you? Hi, I'd like to get two tickets for the gallery. Oh, wouldn't we all, honey? <laughs> Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Now it's time for some recommendos, so share our geeky obsessions. Please will be happy. 1782. 66. I got a 10. So Tegan Johnson is a singer-songwriter, uh, formerly of the band Little Coyote. I discovered her work in the horror movie on Shudder, a Shudder exclusive called The Strings. Tegan Johnson was born in the Yukon, raised between South Africa, Spain, Switzerland, and the west coast of Canada, where she currently resides in Toronto. She plays music that is reminiscent 
of Tori Amos, another singer and songwriter. Very lyric-driven, very dense lyrics and piano-based or uh, even keyboard synth. She does a lot of looping. The songs are filled with sadness, love, and longing. She has a rhythmic flow that is like an elegy looking out over a snowy tundra. That's the sort of evocative image you get while you're listening to her stuff. It just feels like someone yearning to find their true mate. Her music is exactly the kind of thing that I like to spend too much time in. That is my recommendo. Seek out Tegan Johnston. She has just launched her solo career. I believe her new album is coming out. She released one single last week. All right, Brian, you're up next. Guess what? It's not a Netflix show. It's not a Hulu show. I'm doing something different as well. It's a product. Actually, it's a company. Govee. G-O-V-E-E. It's a company that deals primarily with like LEDs, uh, smart devices, like bias lighting for your television that matches the colors that are on your screen behind your television. So it enhances your visual effects of whatever you're playing a game or watching a movie or anything like that. They do light strips. They do bulbs like Philips smart bulbs, except they have every color that you could imagine and more in their bulbs better than Philips. I just went to their website and I noticed that they also have humidifiers and dehumidifiers and indoor and outdoor lighting car kits for under your car lighting, like in GTA cars <laughs> in your car lighting. So they, they basically do everything with smart devices they, I think they started out real, real small. I discovered them on Amazon. I bought two of their light bulbs because I, want, I wanted to compare against the Philips, which are fairly expensive. I think it's like $40 for two light bulbs from Philips if you want something that does multiple colors, which I do. These, I believe two of them were 12 or $13, so I was not expecting anything. They outperformed them. I still have them. They work fantastic. I use them in my bar. All of the LEDs on my bar are from Govi. And the great thing is you don't need a separate hub to control them. If you have an Alexa or a Thou Shall Not Be Named that starts with a G in your house, it can work with through voice control. So you can basically automate your entire home with LED strips or bulbs or anything very inexpensively. And that's that's what I'm working on now in my home is to be fully automated with just voice control. So this allows me to do that without having to break the bank. So definitely check them out. Great company, great products. Have not had a single issue with anything that I've purchased from them. Uh, they are on Amazon and they run specials all the time. Uh, it's called Govee, G-O-V-E-E. Thanks, Bri. Appreciate that. And Matt, you're up. So you know how last week when I said I would never recommend anything but games? That was a lie, because I'm, I'm going to recommend something that's not a game. So after several years and much fanfare, I am very happy to say that The Legend of Vox Machina, the animated series based off of the incredibly popular Twitch streaming show Critical Role. Uh, so it's on Amazon Prime Video. And what it is, is they took a couple of episodes from their campaign, a whole story arc, and they worked with Titmouse Studios to turn it into a full animated series. And after being able to see the, the Kickstarter backer screening for the first two episodes, I'm super happy to say that they did an absolutely amazing job with it. It's really beautifully animated. It's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm Super, super excited to see what the rest of the season holds. Even if you've never listened to Critical Role before or you've never even heard of it, this show is structured in a way where you can enjoy it 
even if you're not already a fan. Uh, the first two episodes are basically a an introduction to Vox Machina, the characters, and who they are. And then from there, we are off to the races for the rest of the first season with what was one of the biggest story arcs of the first campaign, which I don't want to spoil because it's, it's going to be really fun for all the people out there who don't know anything about Critical Role to experience for the first time. So if you have Amazon Prime and you're a fan of animation, uh, go ahead and go check out The Legend of Vox Machina. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. And Gabe, you finish this up, buddy. I'm going to piggyback off of last week's recommendo, and I'm going to recommend the Stardew Valley board game. I finally got my hands on it after uh, I didn't get the first shipment, but I got the second shipment, and now it seems like it's actually managed to stay in stock. I don't know if it ships out of America, so if it doesn't, sorry. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a board game based off of Stardew Valley, and I think it is just about as good of an interpretation as they could have possibly made it. It's different for sure, but it needs to be, and honestly, if it was the same thing, I wouldn't be recommending it. It's a different take on a game that I love and many people do, where in this version you have events that happen daily and you go day by day and then you take your actions and your goals are to complete the community center and grandpa's quests and things by the end of the year. So you're playing through four seasons and that's the game. I will say I I did find it a little bit easy. I, I think having a knowledge of the video game actually really does help you in the board game you gotta make friends and just even knowing oh well willie likes fish so i'm if i'm drawing to try and make friends with willie i should draw when i have fish and things like that so i you know i think it is good to play it in a way that suits you it's a game that is open for customization in your own house rules and stuff you know i haven't done that much yet but i plan on it it's just a lot of fun I will say that my one problem with it is that in this version, they really ramp up the evil with Jojo Mart. In the video game, I don't care what anybody says, they're really not all that bad. Like, they're not any worse than Pierre, but in the board game, they're just fucking bastards. It's definitely the best game I've played that is like a cross-platform thing. I find that board games is something that's hard to have an IP that you care about in a board game. So I'm very impressed with it. Well, I suggest uh, picking up the bootleg version, Star Don't Belly. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our socials, including Discord, Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, and much, much more. So much more. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody knows where I can hire a better drywall repair guy, because, you know, clearly they shoddy work here. It should be better. Let me know about him on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. Or if you want more live interactive gaming goodness, I'm also now streaming on Twitch at that one weird kid. And if anybody wants to give me fancy classes so I can get these art tickets pretty easily, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody finds my phone, just just ship it to me. You don't need to contact me at Brian Podcast. Just send it right to me directly, please. Don't look in the photos. Until next time, roll for cribbish. I'm glad it wasn't hentai. (laughs) The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.
Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.